And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. This is the podcast for TFC fans talking all things highs and lows about our beloved Toronto Football Club. Uh, On this episode, we're going to recap the TFC end of season press conference. What was said? Where do they go from here? Uh, We look at the player salaries that were just released Um, and obviously engage in the annual griping about who makes too much. Uh, We go to round two of our player grades, uh, both in the midfield and with our forwards. And in added time, we'll quickly talk about the first round of the CPL and MLS playoffs and ask, is it okay to compliment your rivals when they're in the playoffs and you are not? Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, My co-hosts, Jeffrey P. Nesker and Michael Singh. Gentlemen, how were your weekends? Um... Mine was battling a cold. I hope yours was much better than mine. <laughs> I hope you're feeling better, Mike. Uh, yeah, rest a lot up, of MLS Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of playoff watching for me. Um, in addition, like a lot of soccer. Like, yesterday was a full-on couch day for any soccer fan. You had, uh, well, my Manchester United, Liverpool, or not Liverpool, Newcastle in the morning, and then El Clasico, and then Man City, Liverpool. Like that was just a write-off. Um, and then obviously playoffs as well and, and some KPL action too. So uh, just a busy weekend of soccer, but what's new, man? You can't say it, can you? You can't say Sunday also included another big game in the Prem, can you? Don't, don't consider it a big game. <laughs> Top game. of the table. Uh, that was my weekend. Uh, uh, Sunday was a, was a nice little cherry on top uh, with uh, with the Gunners uh, a solid four points uh, ahead of uh, Man City at the top of the Prem League table. Long may it rain. Uh, go, go, Gadget Gunners. And uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of soccer. I did uh, I did read some of your recaps on the MLS Mothership yesterday, Mike. Nicely done, man. Some good turns of prose there. Great, great turns of phrase. Uh, I'll use the proper axiom. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. I did miss uh, most of the Montreal tie though, because by that point my wife was home and she he didn't miss anything on no more soccer. Saw the Kone goal. That was that was pretty nice. That's pretty sweet. Well, okay, so save, save that for the end because we'll talk a little bit about complimenting those rivals. Uh, yeah, I spent the weekend battling a cold. I did get to watch both CPL uh, playoff games, uh, both of which were great matches in different ways. Um, Truth. Fun. And then yesterday, I felt well enough to uh, be able to help my wife out uh, with her volunteering um, at her fundraising event. So I spent the whole day walking around and pseudo running an event. So that was uh, that was fun. So I missed most of the football yesterday. Um, but uh, you know, play. let's get into it because nobody wants to listen to me uh, banter on about how I was volunteering um, at a fundraising event. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we first let's. Before we get into the, the season-ending press conference, we got to say a goodbye um, and a proper send-off for a few players uh, last week that were announced that will not be returning to Toronto FC for sure. The two biggest names, obviously, are the two that most TFC fans expected not to be back, which was Alex Bono and Quentin Westberg. Um, you know, the, the club basically just saying, thanks, but we're moving on. 
Um, and of course, other players that were mentioned, Noble Akello will not be getting a new contract with Toronto FC. Uh, Danielle Henry, um, maybe somewhat surprised. I'm a bit surprised. Believe, I'm a little surprised. Uh, yeah, they, I, you know, in some ways it might be surprising for some, in others not so much. And then I don't think anybody was surprised by Inafuniachi Achara <clears throat> not getting a new deal. But quickly, guys, just thoughts on... Uh, those guys getting released uh, or not having their contracts picked up uh, for the 2023 season. Uh, well, Quinton Westberg, Alex Bono, what I can tell you guys is that decision was made uh, a very long time ago, uh, early on this year. That was at least the the premise that she was it communicated to them at the time. No, no, you're never okay. going to do that. Right. Cause okay. maybe there is a chance yeah. that, you know, I'm, Maybe Alex Bono figured it out. You know, there was times this year he was looking like maybe he, he did. But mm. uh, just with the amounts that both of those guys were, were making and just they haven't been well up to par for the better part of two seasons now, uh, I think yeah. it was, it was, yeah, it was bound to happen. Uh, I am a tiny bit surprised about Noble Kello. And the reason being for that is because while he obviously struggled this year, a lot of that was due to he was managing an injury that I'm not sure was his fault. Like, obviously, injuries are never really anyone's fault, but his case in particular, it seemed like he just ran into bad luck after bad luck after, you know, a couple of bad breaks. When he was on the field, he wasn't that good. But Noble is a guy that I think you're going to get the best out of when he's 26, 27, 28 years old because he has the frame and he's mobile to really develop into a solid piece in the midfield. And, you know, if if it, it was obviously made that the decision was made that he wasn't going to be part of TSC's future, and, and hey, that's that's fine. Sometimes that happens for, for mm-hmm. some young kids. But I do believe that he will go on and have a, a solid career, whether that be an MLS or or elsewhere. Um, as you mentioned, Mike Achara, not really a big surprise. He hasn't looked like the same player since going down with, with an injury. Um, he yeah. lost his, his pace, and he just wasn't able to fully gain Bob Bradley's trust this year, which, I mean, you could t- you could see why, because when he was on the field, there were times where, okay, you know, maybe this is the type of player he can develop into. But uh, there wasn't just enough sample size to to sort of go off. So, yeah, and all in all, just no real big surprises. Daniel, I think, same case. He just didn't live up to expectations this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, you you saying that the decision had been made on the two goalkeepers earlier in the season, uh, there's a reason that I asked you that question, that I interrupted to ask that question. Because, you know, as much as you try to insulate uh, those two players from the chopping block, you've got to think that the, that knowledge permeates through the organization and filters down to them in some way. Um, you know, fair or not, I just, I, I wonder, it makes me wonder just how much their desire to, to perform above and beyond was affected by the fact that they sort of knew that that time had run out for them. Um, the Okella and, and Achara moves, listen, they both hurt. I mean, Achara's headband game is elite. And, you know, I've been high on Noble Akello for as long as uh, we've identified him as a prospect. But it mirrors, you know, the Prezio move and the, and the Schaffelberg move, which is that 
TFC is not willing to bank on potential anymore. We've got a win now mode. Bill Manning has been pretty vocal about the five year plan. You know, uh, Noble Akello coming into form as uh, Insigne and Bernadeschi are coming out of form doesn't really help this team. So, in a way, I'm pleased. I'm pleased to see the team kind of sticking to their guns with respect to to the moves that they want to make at the expense of some fan favorites. Um, you know, Okello was certainly mine because I've said it a million times on this show, that kind of frame, that's a unicorn frame for a, for a midfielder with soft feet. That doesn't come along often. And I really wanted him to figure it out. Uh, it looks like the fates have misaligned. that He's he, he's not going to get the chance to figure it out at TFC, but it cannot be said that he wasn't given his opportunities. And I think that that's something that we have to remember as we mourn the passing of these prospects and maybe have them come back to hurt us with respect to where they land next. Uh, Daniil in particular, because, you know, he's still under contract with MLS, so he can go on waivers and another team can pick him up on the cheap. Um, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, the only other words I would give on on Daniil is um, I, I'm disappointed. I'm sure he's disappointed personally and professionally, but so am I, because this is a, you know, this is a, another Mac situation, hometown boy coming home, make good. Obviously, it didn't work out in terms of minutes for him this season and in terms of, you know, boding well for his World Cup ticket. But I would have, you know, having a little bit of chaos on the team in your center back corpse is never a bad thing. And he is the king of chaos. So that one, that one's a bit of a head scratcher for me. Um, um, yeah, I, I, maybe and maybe not. And it just sort of rolls into sort of the first point here, just in regards to the end of season press conferences and talking a bit about some of Bill Manning's comments about how they're going to rebuild this team uh, or continue to build this team, I should say. Uh, going mm-hmm. into 2023 and, and you look at those players and I know they're in terms of, you know, Akello, Henry Achar, they're not necessarily starters or not or sort of on the fringes of the 18, but it's noticeable that there are essentially players that would play in your spine, right? Like right up the middle, mm-hmm. goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders Truth. and attackers. And one that's one of the things that Bob Bradley mentioned in his comments about you know, the fact that that spine was not as great as it could have been last year, did not perform the way it hoped. And Bill Manning talking about kind of using the 2015 season template going into 2016 uh, template to rebuild the team, looking for those players to, to rebuild. What are your thoughts on sort of those comments there, especially from Bill in terms of the, the template? And do you think that's the right way for the club to go? Mike? I, in terms of 2015, I do believe it is the right way for the club to go, but I also believe that I think it's closer to 2014 than it is mm. to 2015. Yeah, I was just about to ask, what was the roster turnover? I don't remember it being so unbelievably uh, 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 shocking in the off season between uh, 2014 and 2015. Or when Bill is talking, is he talking about? 2015 I think he meant yeah, 2015 to 2016. Yeah, into the first yeah. MLS Cup. Because he mentioned Drew Moore and yeah. Winter Win and Beta Shore. Yeah, like for sure. So he was, Yeah, but he was, was there any other additions beyond that other than other than those are quite a few additions that year? That was a pretty yeah, but big... I mean, we're off the back of it of a, of an absolute fire sale. I mean, we we lost more players. We lost 20 players, right? Like, so so yeah, I I I think the numbers don't quite mush with me, but I think the attitude is maybe what he's talking about in terms of the vibes of how they're going to approach this rebuild. Um, you know, 
Go ahead, Mike. I see you're confused. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's the I think it's actually like roster wise because okay. essentially what he said is in 2015 going into 2016 when they made that jump is they added guys like Beta Shore, Drew Moore, and you know some veterans, MLS veterans that had MLS experience. Uh, and those guys were the missing pieces to put the core over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I say it's it's closer to 2014 is because I think there's more to be done this year like there was in 2014. Now, 2014 was a bit more dramatic, that offseason heading into 2015. Obviously, you had the Jermaine Defoe saga that was going on, which eventually turned yep. into Seba and Josie. Now I don't I don't we're not going to get pieces like that that are going to be coming in but I do believe that there are going to have to be significant pieces that come in and guys who aren't just MLS veterans although they will need those as well. So while 2015 would to 2016 was a great time and making that jump was obviously fantastic for Toronto FC mm. and I'm sure they'd love to do that. I think there's a little bit more work to done that needs to be needs to get done before uh, we we liken it to the 2015 offseason. And I, and I hmm. wonder when reading those comments, and, you know, I start thinking about this sort of debate that's been back and forth with TFC fans in terms of, hey, do we go out and we get MLS veterans to try mm-hmm. to fill out that core? Or do we do we go out and look in Europe and try to bring those players? And I know we've talked about it on this podcast, but I find it an interesting conversation because in a lot of ways it speaks to how MLS in general, how teams are right now building their rosters, there's kind of different schools of thought in terms of how to build a roster. You know, Toronto FC's way has been, we will spend to the max, right? In order to to find success. But I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of reflection in the off season about, hey, maybe in these some of these key positions, we need to think about MLS vets to come and fill in that backbone, whatever you want to call it, of the team. But still find, you know, you know, highlight with some really great pieces in that third DP spot, maybe in goal. I wonder where we, th- based on those comments, I wonder where we think TFC is going to go in that sort of, uh, which plan they're going to go with in terms of the mold. Go ahead, JP. Uh, you raised some interesting comments because I think it's pretty dangerous to use this language. One, uh, using the 2015 offseason template rebuild ignores how much the league has grown since 2015 so there's no guarantee that that approach is going to work in mls 2022 in addition you know mike who's very astute very smart uh comes in and says no it reminds him more of 2014. i'm not sure we want you know i don't think using this language like well this will be just like the 2015 offseason etc etc does us any favors it puts us back into that whiplash mode where expectation is planted that maybe the club can't deliver on so I think we need to avoid that. I think I, I think we need to give more credence and more ink, spill more ink to the fact that this rebuild was a long overdue, which the front office is never going to want to own up to because there's mud on their face. But I do think there are cleverer ways to structure it than 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 these old chestnuts. And the other is, um, you know, not really speaking in any respect to what a major overhaul it was when we finally pulled the trigger 
at the beginning of last season. So using these old tropes, I think, are very dangerous. You know, the fan base is already on pins and needles. And now you're putting in an expectation that, you know, we're going to compete. But I mean, it, no, to uh, use 2015 means we're competing for MLS Cup next year. That's the that's when you read between the lines. Right. Rather, you know, well, it will be just like 2016. Well, no one's going to say that because we lost in penalties, you know, to the Seattle Sounders. But like we did make a cup I do. I but we did make a cup final. So you can't. And we should have won that. And we should. Oh, I was. I mean, I think we were all there. We absolutely should have won that. Mm. I'm laughing because you're you're bang on. Because Mm -hmm. so many times during the past year, two years, and even in his end of season press conference, Michael Bradley touched on this: is we have to stop referring to the past. The past is so dangerous. Long ago, and then Bill Manning. First thing he he does when he hits the podium. Oh, guys, I kind of see this season kind of like 2050 you know what i mean like it's yeah playing a little bit of both sides there when when uh, yeah making those comments but i i i definitely hear what you're saying i i hear what you're saying i will counter that there is there does need to be some strategy around how we go about these sightings right and it's not to say that you have to exactly go down the exact same route that you did that time but i think I'll disagree. You, you're talking about it from a player sense, Mike. I actually agree with Jeff. I think it's more the vibe. The idea that we need to find players that are going to mesh into a culture and provide us, you know, senior level quality minutes well, then, on the pitch. Well, then say that, front office. Don't tie it to 2015. Say that. I mean, my second question, Mike, because I got into that and I had another point was, you know, we've talked about the difference between say an international player and an MLS veteran in specifics, at least over the last two weeks. Do we think that MLS is the same league where a Drew Moore and a Steven Betashore and, and MLS lifers can come in and shoulder up the spine to the same degree that they did for us coming into 2016? I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not, I'm honestly not so sure anymore that they're, that they're as a much of a slam dunk. As you know, because it's rose colored glasses, right? (laughs) I don't think is there a I think you can, yeah, of course you can, of course you can. I mean, you've got to scout really well, you have to scout really well. Like, it's a but it's the same thing whether you're signing, you know, an Italian center back or you're signing a, a former first round super draft pick that has been a solid MLS center back, right? Like, it you. You have this. I think they're. I think they're diametrically opposite. But that's. Um, that's well, maybe yes. In ter- maybe in terms of qu- certain qualities, for sure. Mm-hmm. But at, at the end of the day, I, I think you need. I think we need to stop worrying about whether or not we're going to be signing players from Europe and saying automatically they're. I think that's dangerous language. Is going like Absolutely. we're going to sign a player from Europe Absolutely. and therefore they're automatically better. We've but seen so it I, I think anything binary. Yeah. True. But I don't think, you know, you can't say like, oh, we, we got to go out and sign and, and the majority of the players that we need to sign are from Europe. One, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that guarantees you any level of success in this league. 100%, in fact, what we've no seen in this league is that there are teams that go out and don't necessarily go out in the European market and sign players or find players either domestically. And when I say domestically, with MLS now, I would say Central America as well and a bit of South America as well because MLS are, are firmly in those markets now in terms of being able to sign those players. So to to say that you can't find that quality either within the league or within our region 
to make yourself a better and potentially a cup contender. I just, I don't buy that narrative per se. So I think it's a combination of both, right? And here's the one flag that I keep, uh, that keeps raising in the back of my head. Can Bernadeschi and Lorenzo Insigne adapt and play their style and get the best out of those players with MLS level players? Or does this team need to move the bar and move the needle a little bit and bring in more guys that are like Crescito? I think one thing that's abundantly clear after this season, that's where I'll disagree with you, Mike, is I think it's so clear the gap between Serie A and Major League Soccer. Because when you can bring in a guy like Mimo, who had a really good career, but was never considered a star in any yeah, regard or, or any guy. capacity. Yeah, Berna too. And he comes in at 35 years old, and he looks, in my opinion, like the best left back in Major League Soccer. I think that tells us there's a clear gap there. Now, is it possible for the TFC to go out and fill their entire team with Syria Italian well, I'm not saying players? Entire teams, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. Well, even even you know, make a a number of acquisitions that are former Syria or t- no, you can't do that. That's just it's impossible for a team to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's untenable. And that's why 100%. I say I think you need a combination of both. I think when you look at TFC's third designated player, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another Italian player, because they know when you know that type type of play. They know the type of player now. Obviously, players are different, but at least you'll have some familiarity with with Bernadeschi and Insigne who are obviously the core building pieces of this team. Um, and then I also agree with you, Mike. I think the rest of the roster, it's, you have to. like That's the way MLS works. You have to go out and get MLS veteran players to fill out your roster. TFC this year had maybe, I don't know, 14 players who had actual playing experience. And then even less if you consider the amount of players who were actually in MLS and had playing experience Uh, Mm -hmm. bob bradley bill manning both talked about it in their pressers is the what goes on in major league soccer sort of caught up with insigne and bernardeski especially after coming off and crescito as well coming off uh long seasons and i'm talking about the travel maybe the style of play Mm -hmm. maybe the conditions of the play the, the fields they play on so you need guys who know about that stuff um and we saw a difference like like a guy like Shane O'Neill. Well, towards the end of the year, he didn't have a great finish to the year. Throughout the season, he was so important. And we could mm-hmm. see just the the level that he has, uh, you know, especially experience-wise as in comparison to some of the other players that were uh that were on the pitch. So you need more guys like that who just you know what you're going to get. And when you inevitably have injuries, you can plug and play those guys and they can help get you across the line. Uh, in some of these games in June, July, August, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about, right? Like to me, the, the most, as much as the third DP and maybe finding a goalkeeper are probably going to be one of you two or maybe th- of the three biggest things you need to do in this off season in terms of player acquisition. I think it's just as important to find those guys who can fill out the bones of your team. And a lot of those guys will have to be maybe MLS or MLS type players uh in this league because in a lot of ways those type of players know how to win ugly games that aren't going to be pretty and you're not going to have a Bernadeschi rocket 
to win you a game, mm-hmm. right? Or they can keep you in games where you're not you're not great on the day and allow Insigne and Bernadeschi and maybe your third DP or Crescito if he comes back to wield a bit of magic that can win you a game. And that's what I mean, right? Is you need to we need to be better at finding those players that can help us in, in those kind of moments because that to me is the difference between a team that has two, three really great players and finishes 12th compared to having two really three great players, but then have the backup behind them to keep them in matches that then get you into a playoff spot. And then you, you never know where you go from there. And that's just the process too, right? Of building out a roster. I think that's what we also have to remind ourselves. And Jeff pointed out, this was a, such a massive tear down and rebuild. So You're not going to be able to accomplish all of that in one season, especially with some things that were lingering already, like, Josie Altador's contract, his buyout situation, Bono's the amount contract. of money TFC were, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps paying for guys like Kamar Lawrence to get off their books and, and are like, you know what I mean? There was still lingering yeah. stuff that didn't allow them to do everything they wanted to do. You had Bones and Q who were making up over a million dollars combined still on the roster. You had Chris Mavinga mm-hmm. who was making over a million dollars still on the roster. TFC didn't have the, the flexibility they wanted to do the full proper rebuild. And that'll come this in a better way this offseason. I don't think it's still 100% in the clear, but they have a lot more wiggle room than they did uh, certainly this yeah, past they season. Can, they, can take, they can take some more risks, whether they pay off once you know we start kicking a ball in anger is, is anybody's guess. That's the real success or failure. But they can certainly be more aggressive in the transfer market. Um, I can't bring them up, but we've got a few questions here. Uh, Axis is talking about Borean. Um, he just re-signed for multiple years with Red Star Belgrade, did he not? He did. He's off the table. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if he's necessarily off the table because they could still TFC does have to not pay like transfer paying fee. transfer fees. Yeah. Yeah. True. If True. they wanted him, they would have swooped in before he re-signed and been aggressive. They don't like paying transfer fees. Uh, this team is not is not about that. Um, Richard's asking, will TFC lose another player in the upcoming expansion draft? Maybe. But obviously, we're, we're, you know, listen, this is a very small roster we have to protect at this point. There's going to be a lot of outgoing players, whether we get 50K of Garber bucks for them or whether they're released uh, unceremoniously. You know, if they want Jordan Peruzza, uh, you know, my favorite. Not eligible. Midfield, they can have they, they can have. Yeah, OK, fine. Real. But but. Okay, so that even that even makes it yeah even yeah less yeah we'll, we'll get between into the, the players that will protect to. and the players that are uneligible. There's not a lot of attractive options uh, for for them to take away. We're not too worried to about it. Thirty something yeah, teams I, in the I, league, they're not getting insignia for fifty for fifty thousand. Well, they probably like, I, they would, I would be smart enough to leave them unprotected because who's going to actually go after them? At that I mean, no that, that's another discussion. That. No. Yeah, there's no way they're doing that. Um, Giovinco. Uh, Listen, man, <laughs> the, he hasn't played competitive football in what almost two seasons, and that move to Sampdoria did not move, did not work out very well. You know, if we are going to take, if we're going to put Bill Manning's feet to the coals for bringing up the two hundred, the two thousand fifteen off season, I don't think we're allowed to talk about Giovinco coming back to TFC for a while, if ever. At this point, you know, maybe as a coach, certainly as an ambassador. But I think that ship has sailed. And I honestly think that everybody calling for Giovinco to come back will be so upset if he did because he's just not the same player he was anymore. I think we need to put that to bed. He's not saving this team uh, despite 
talking about the 2015 offseason rebuild template, you know, it's the word in everybody's mouth at the end of season pressers. Um, you know, I, I just I, I think it, it behooves us to avoid discussing Giovinco, you know, like it's just it's it's not happening. Uh, yeah. And then um, uh, I think that was it. Oh, what's the what's the decision on Oro? I mean, we talked about it last week. Man didn't show up to training. He's got a beautiful CN Tower tattoo on his neck, you know, loves the city. There's a lot of people that love the city that don't play for Toronto FC. I think his time at this club is over. Um, and that's of his own uh, onus. You know, if you don't, if you're a professional football player, half of your paycheck comes from being professional about playing football. And if you're going to half-ass it, especially on a Bob Bradley side, you're gone. Um, I don't think I know anything about whether Santos is uh, making the loan permanent or have inquired about making the loan permanent. But I don't, I think we'll never see him again in a TFC shirt. And that's fine. Thank you well, for the if, memories. Yeah. If we want to get into the the salary release stuff really quickly here, um, one mm-hmm. of the things I'll just point out is that Aro is still on the list, obviously, as he was on loan. Um, yeah. And it's reported at 428000 um that he's on. Um, Great value in my opinion. Sure, well, I guess I just I just was, wonder again. At, was at if he's not, if he's not showing up to training, is that value? Uh, I don't know, right? Yeah, but yeah. Like, it's um, an albatross contract. We've got to we've got to move him on. Um, will Schaffelberg be back? I would say absolutely not. Uh, Nashville's got the option to make his uh, loan permanent, and I'm pretty sure they Bill Manning him. and yeah, I think Bill Manning. Yeah, they alluded they alluded to as much without without saying absolutely. They said we expect him to be a Nashville SC player. Uh, good on. Good on Shaffle God. He uh, he took his opportunity and he ran with it. Uh, and he made himself uh, a Nashville, uh, you know, he made Nashville uh, want to buy him on the permanent. And uh, we wish him the best of luck. But I don't think he's back at TFC. So that that ship has sailed also. No, I don't think so. I agree with you. And, you know, just going through these um, various salary numbers that have just been released. Yeah, let's get into numbers. For, yeah, for, for TFC. I mean, you know, I... I actually didn't find a lot of surprises here. Um, you know, most of these are pretty much what I sort of expected uh, them to be. Obviously, with the new players coming in in July, we now have an idea of what they are being paid. Um, you know, uh, we, we could see Crescito's on a song of a deal at 1.5, um, mm-hmm. which, I, which I think is great. Bernadeschi it's about, right what, now. $80,000 less than Max Tam? The threshold, like yeah, yeah roughly, right yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernadeschi's again on the six that we thought. Um, obviously, people are going to sort of look and stare at Insigne at fourteen mil. Um, we kind of knew it was going to be we around there anyway. Uh, there's look, no, and, there's and, no surprises there. Yeah, and in the yeah. end of the day, like he's a DP, so it doesn't really count that much against the cap. I mean, it does, but mm-hmm. not in a not in a way that's going to hamstring you. No, that that that's where I disagree with you mike okay it will and you'll see that in the third designated player uh, fair enough as right, i yeah, as i mentioned yeah it's still coming out week. of someone's pocket 100 percent, 100 percent. so as yeah. i mentioned last week like the the amount that the team is spending on both insignia and bernadeschi fans got to temper their expectations for the third designated player it's not going to be uh a guy, I believe, will be a household commodity here in, in Toronto. It'll be very much when we talk about three DPS. He'll be the third designated player behind Insigne and Bernadeschi. 
Yeah. And hey, yeah. TFC might get creative in doing that. They might go after a young DP. They might go after a DP that's under the DP threshold in order to give themselves more flexibility in, in other roster spots. Uh, I think that's still to be determined. But what I can tell you is that it won't be a won't be an Insigne or Bernadeski. It's yeah, just it won't be another fourteen million dollar man. Yeah. Yeah. What? Just a clarity question on the third cap because of what they're paying. Um, Insigne and Bernadeschi, how much is that a, of that as a cap hit? I, I can't remember the amount. Like uh, one point six, something million? No, six hundred and twenty-five thousand. Oh, okay, like so that, yeah, yeah. It's been, yeah, yeah. So Roughly. their actual roster hit is is yeah. minute, but obviously someone's paying that money. So you know, convincing them to shell out you know another fourteen million over and above the salary cap is not going to be easy, considering the performance of this team. It may be a better sell. I mean, you know, Mike's not saying it outright, but, you know, we could be looking at a, at a one-year deal sort of like, uh, um, uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, Pause his Pablo best friend. Piatti. Yeah, look at like almost like a Piatti deal, uh, a one-year DP deal, see what happens for this season. Uh, or, you know, we get Gareth Bale on Max Tam for, for a year, hopefully, <laughs> you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. But, and I think that's what you mean when you're being, uh, when you're being creative. Um, in terms of unlocking the young DP mechanism, considering we've cleared out our latest crop of academy prospects, I don't know how viable that kind of move is looking in terms of what it unlocks for us as we build I, our roster. I don't think there it has anything to do, to do with it. the academy products. Like I think it just means that TFC would be able to go out and get a couple of players that if they do pay a transfer fee, it doesn't account for their it doesn't count on their cap hit. So then they'll still count as MLS. Yeah, it's, totally it's, it's a complex thing that we don't have to um, right do, but, but it gives yeah, them more yeah, flexibility roster-wise. Regardless, I'll, I'll, still, I'll still stand by my point that, you know, looking, looking for kids on this roster right now is, is maybe a dirty word. So I, I would say there were better times to flex that muscle with in terms of unlocking the young roster mechanisms and stuff like that, knowing full well how complicated it is. Just, just knee-jerk that. That's, that's my thought on there. Um, and yeah, and just finally, anybody that's going to say, I'm so surprised that we're paying Insigne 14 million a season. Were you following the extended courtship of Lorenzo Insigne? I mean, it should not be a surprise. Um, let the other MLS pundits and fans, you know, drive themselves, make, make, drive themselves silly, uh, making backflips about how much we're paying him. We can afford to pay him that money. Okay. Uh, and that's why we're laughing. Here's a and that's why question. we got him. Here's a better question. Okay, we see he makes fourteen million. I think the next closest player in the league is Jordan Shakiri, who makes eight point two million. Knowing Bernardeski makes about six and a half million. Do you guys believe that it was the right decision now that we've seen Insigne for half a year to go out and pay such Insigne a powder keg of a fourteen million dollars for? him to join this team can i make that decision next year uh, i can't it's hard for me to judge him on what ended up being what 14 games like, yeah he I, went I, through I, a lot of personally and he went yeah. through a lot of personal stuff that's and fair. you know this this loops back to something i didn't say last weekend when we were talking about the advantage and disadvantage of bringing players in the july transfer window you know you end up with players that are gassed if they're playing domestically right up until they come to you such as Insigne and Crescito, they've already played a full season of football. Uh, and if they're starters, they've played starting minutes for a full season of football, so they're gas. 
Uh, I'm going to answer your question in the best way I can think of. If a player, like if we hadn't signed Insigne and a player like Insigne popped up this year, we would do it. So yes, it was the right decision. When a player of that quality is available and you can sign them and you have you have the fiscal and roster relief in order to do it, you do it every time. Um, you know, will will it light the league on fire in the way that we expected? I mean, you know, there are people that buy $400 million mansions and the plumbing's still broken, right? Like sometimes it's a fi- it's still a fixer-upper regardless of, of, of what scale on the on on the tax bracket you fall into um you know i don't want to spoil too much about the awards the wtr awards that will review the winners next week but there are some prizes with respect to lorenzo insigne's overall impact on on tfc fandom opposed to the bernadeschis and the crescidos and and the old stalwart jonathan osorios um you know that's fair if you're gonna if you're gonna make that kind of money in this league you're gonna be under the microscope so yeah, I, I'm with Mike with respect to uh, on the field of play. I'm not willing to make that 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 answer yet, but I will say, ten times out of ten, you make that move. If I could maybe just interject one thing here, um, in terms of is he worth fourteen million dollars, or would you pay him the fourteen million dollars, knowing what we know now? Look, I no, think that's not how look, contracts work. <laughs> no, but like in terms of the shot in the arm he gave the club when he got here 100%. and like, look, we always want to talk about on the pitch performance and success. Obviously as fans, of course we want that. That's the primary thing, but you can't ignore the sales, shot in arm, the ticket sales, the marketing, the relevancy, the club gained during that time. And to give him a full season of that, where he's fully rested Um, You know, you get a full training camp with the team uh, where they really get to build those ideas that they want it. They want to do during the season that will have a value to TFC. Um, I know people don't want to talk about that, but that is an equation in that whole. How much do you pay uh, a player of that quality to come to your club? So off the if you if you're sort of looking for a like get off the fence and kind of make an answer based on half the season i would say yes for now based mainly on that plus look look on the trajectory in terms of on the field that he was contributing in terms of goals and assists he would if that continued throughout a full season he'd be an mvp candidate absolutely absolutely yeah yeah so i i don't necessarily disagree with you guys i agree that it's probably too early especially based off that sample size uh, knowing that the team was still rebuilding, knowing what he went through personally to make a full assessment on whether or not he's worth that transfer. However, I do believe there is a little voice in the back of the front office somewhere that is questioning, was he the right player to go all in on? Uh, sure. I'm, not, I'm not saying that I know that for a fact and that, but I, I just believe that there is somewhere questioning no, if, if, that. There, I, I absolutely think so. I mean, you know, the expectation when you spend that big is to set the world on fire. And even even more special, specified than that, the expectation was is that he would bail us out on his mighty wings of whatever hole we put ourselves in in the first half of the season. And because that didn't happen, you know, it's very it, it, it's very easy to start allowing those voices in with respect to, you know, if, if this had been Erling Haaland or whatever the case may be, you know, would we be in the same position? It's an enormous cost outlay. You know, those El Magnifico banners that were up 
for the through the entire GTA from east to west, north to south. They didn't come cheap. Um, so yeah, there are. I guarantee you, there are bean counters and performance analysts and and people in the know in, in the orbit of that club that are going. You know, did we buy a lemon here? But I I think the verdicts. It's not a safe verdict, right? There's it's just not. there's too many variables. No. Also, it also stings a little bit when you look at um, Hani Mukhtar, for example, who is mm -hmm. going to win the MLS MVP award this year. He didn't if hit the ground running. Yeah, but look at what look at what he's making. He's going to make one point five million, I think, this year. Like Sebastian Driussi, he's in the same boat with Austin, who had a fantastic game over the weekend. Another MVP front runner. He's making. I actually don't even know how much, but I can't imagine it's anything much. So when you see those numbers and you compare it to what Insigne was doing on the field, I wonder if there is, you know, maybe if someone that's were in the chat. That's an existential nightmare, right? Like that's, that's talking about the very soul of this club. Like, yeah. We, Tony here wrote yeah. in the chat, we, we should get two Bernadeskis over Insigne. Like, would you guys rather have three Bernadeskis? Would you rather have an Insigne Bernadeski and a third DP? Like that, this that's like what's going on now. Obviously, yeah, 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 this is, a little, this yeah, is getting a little bonkers. Yeah. So, actually, let's just tie this into the grades, mm -hmm. okay? Because Insigne is on the list to be graded this year. So, sure, let, let's sure. go into that. So, um, we'll do a little preamble and then we'll get into Yeah, the I mean, we, can ahead, we pick Jay. this up next week? Because I'll have, I'll, I'll give this a think and I'll come in with guns blazing with notes because I have thoughts on this. And, and, you know, it, 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 it's always, Hindsight is always 2020. That's that's my, that's the thing that I'll cap this off with. Hindsight is always 2020. Fandom will never be satisfied. The grass is always greener on the other side. You know, the you know, when you're talking about the Hani Mukhtars and the Driusis, you're also talking about flash in the pans that may not be sustainable, where this whole thing was about building a sustainable year after year title challenger on the back of multi-year deals. It's 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 they're diametrically opposed to each other. Of course, we'd rather be Austin FC or or Nashville right now. Of, of of course, we would. I mean, we're staring down the back of a long off season, saying goodbye to some more treasured mementos and and, and fan favorites. But I that that's not necessarily fair. That, I, and again, mm -hmm. that's also part of the argument is that I actually wouldn't rather be in Austin or Nashville right now. Thank you. That, Thank that's you. That's also another thing, right? Yeah. Is, that's the the insignian. That's a something in his his court. Like he'd rather have, I'd rather be the club that goes and spends and gets big names. And you know, of course, we didn't succeed this year, but you see a plan that they're working towards. And as a sure. fan, like that's more fun to to talk yeah. about and discuss. Yeah, than yeah. I mean, how did how did Mike say it best on that on that sunny August uh, Monday that we did it? He said. You said uh, uh, money doesn't buy happiness, but your club didn't buy you Bernadeschi and Insigne, right? Like, <laughs> you know, we we're we're lucky enough to be having these conversations, right? And that's where all this hate on social media is coming from. Like, don't don't mistake it for analysis. It's it's proper hate. It's my club can't do what your club does, so I'm going to start picking apart at you know the seams. And and we're we're an easy target right now. Um, okay. And we put ourselves nope. in that position, but you know, when, when you when you when you make big risks, you 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 open yourself up to big criticism, and and that's unfortunately where we're at right now. Yeah, and and, and the reason I want to go into the grades is because it it speaks to my argument as to why you would rather be Toronto FC and rather you why you'd rather have Insigne because if you look at our grading, and we're going to look at the midfield and the forwards now, 
Sure, is that if sure. you look at what we had in terms that of forwards and midfielders, I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but look, no, no, but like think about this, mm-hmm. right? Okay, let's grade these as midfielders. We got K, Akello, Osorio, Bradley, and, and I put Insigne in the midfield. I know he plays as a forward, but I'm gonna just for yeah. this argument, I'm gonna put it in the midfield with forwards Akinola, Achara, who's now gone, uh, Peruza, and Kerr, right? Um, and Jimenez, uh, mm-hmm. Jimenez and Bernadeschi, sorry, um, yeah. but the players that he had to play around just weren't able to help lift him. Right. He had to carry a lot of the play. Made Jaden Nelson a lot better. I mean, Jaden Nelson really benefited from having Kushido and and Insigne on that pitch with him. Where I would say, where I would say um, Insigne, uh, where I'd say players like Drew or Heidi Mukhtar had a lot more around them in terms of just pieces that were able to compete right now. Um, I, I think you got to reserve a little bit of judgment on Insigne until we see what these pieces shake out to be in 2023, right? And, and I think that's where we need to reserve that judgment. Would I like two Bernardeschis? Sure. But Insigne could turn out to be that's the like second Bernardeschi in that way, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we just got to see how it plays out in, in 2023. There also it's wouldn't also- be Bernardeschi without Insigne. That's also no, a very, yeah, very true point. Very true. Yeah, I mean, true. he's he's the he's the guy that that started this whole recruitment thing. So you know, uh, count your lucky stars, right? Like he, it, 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 all the dominoes started with with Lorenzo Insigne, and I, and I do, you know, there I, I can't I can't put the fibers together, which is why I want to revisit this next week. But you know, would we have a better answer if he had come in January? And I don't think you can say no. Right, the fact that he came in July, and the yeah, fact that I we're agree. still you talking about season. bringing guys in July, you know, to start this attack run over and over again, it's one of the things that I can't. You know, if you want big ticket players and you want to flex that financial muscle, odds on, odds are you're getting them in July, and that's sort of been the 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 lead, you know, the 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 chain around TFC's leg with respect to realizing our ambitions is that it creates lost seasons. Right. Um, or it creates half seasons or, or weirdo Franken seasons. And I, you know, I would love to eliminate that variable. I, is it fun waiting for your new toys to arrive in the, in, in the July heat? It is. But when we start being critical, it it just makes it's madness inducing. So. So, yeah, let, 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 let's table that. I, I want to get like a, a solid few questions for you guys down towards next week because i think that's so interesting i think we're you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't you lose out on the player because it's mls and our transfer windows are 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 wonky but maybe we should practice a bit more restraint because these july arrivals are crazy sometimes and you don't get you don't get the full answer to the question in in a competitive league um yeah yeah um and and obviously, some of the players that are going to be mentioned here. Thanks, Michael, saying for picking up that I had not put Jaden Nelson in the midfield uh, conversation. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, some of these players are going to have incomplete or not really complete grades because they came in July. Um, but I will still stay on the stance that if you find the right player and you have to wait till July, I'd rather the team do that than rush into somebody to get them into January and they're completely not the right fit. Um, that's kind of how I see that, but we'll continue the into these. The Sateldo equilibrium. Yeah, yeah. There you go. The, so we'll yeah. continue our 2022 season, uh, review issuing, uh, our issuing pay position player by player grades. Um, today we're gonna look at the midfield and forward as mentioned before next week, we'll finish up, 
with grades for Bob Bradley and Bill Manning. Uh, but we'll start with the midfield. No three words this time, guys. Uh, we'll just. Oh, I have the best. If you, if you three have words. three words, do it. Yeah, do it. Okay, I'm just saying you don't have to necessarily have them. Okay. Um, well, no, of but, course I'm going to do it. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. All right. So uh, then, JPN, I'll start with you in terms of the midfield. Uh, we'll start off with Mark Anthony K. Uh, what do you got? Three words. For Please stay healthy. Letter grade B minus. Uh, okay. I wish I could give him higher, and I think I probably gave him too high based on his uh, performances on the field this season. Uh, but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Mr. Sang. Uh, for Mark Anthony K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a C. Uh, I think that's fair. Actually, I'll, I'll make it a C-. minus. Okay. He, well, first, obviously, he wasn't able to stay healthy. He came with, to TFC with injury problems. And I think his injury actually really hurt the club um, because he's that midfield's obviously extremely thin. And when you, you lose a guy who's uh, that important to your team, it hurts. And also he was nowhere close to the player that he could be. Right? Mm-hmm. We've all watched Mark Anthony K play for, for years. And I believe that there is still a lot more that this, that he can give and he can, um, he can become. So based on, his level of play, I think C minus is is where I'm going. Okay. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm on the same. I'm C minus, um, and that's mainly because partly because of injuries, but even in the games that he did play in, I don't think he was at his best, um, and and that's mainly again I think just down to fitness um, and, and being able to impact the game that way. So I, I'm sticking with a C minus as well. As I as I type type here, our, our grades going in, um, but we'll move on. I, I know um, he's he's now not going to be back with the club next year, um, but maybe just a quick letter grade for Noble Akello. Well, I'm not going to do that because I've got my three words. So you're never going to not do my three words. Uh, yeah, never really fit. I gave him a C, and it's a it's a it's a tough one for me. Like I said. I re I think of all the academy prospects, I was the highest on Noble Akello because he brings something different to the equation. And you know, if he could figure it out, uh, but he just ran out of runway. Uh, I think that's fair to say he ran out of runway. It's a it's a position of need. It's a depth position of need, uh, and you and you can't have any stragglers. And I think that's why that's why he wasn't renewed. I give him a, a D plus um, mm-hmm. when you're only playing, what, four or five games this year. It's obviously tough to, to give him a fair evaluation. But what he did this year and what's perhaps the most telling is he didn't earn a new contract with Toronto FC. Yep. And I think that's really telling of sort of the overall season that he had, not only when he was on the pitch, but also – you know, when he was pitch, training, yeah. everything. Uh, I don't think that he was, again, some of this is not his, his fault. He's beyond his control. But there just wasn't, he didn't show enough, all things considered, for TFC to renew his contract. And I think that, to me, is just the most telling. So I'm going to go with, the, what did I say, a D plus? A D plus. You said a D plus, yeah. 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 Okay, mine's a D, pretty much the same reason. So I don't think I need to go into, elaborate too much more than that. Um, mm-hmm. when he was on the pitch, really didn't, didn't really stand out, 
Um, and I think that's except, part of except for the mistakes. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, positive it, play didn't stand out. Negative play was pretty obvious. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay. Um, Jonathan Osorio. Uh, JPN, go ahead. Please come back. A plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of TFC fans are feeling the same way. Uh, all right, Mr. Singh. Uh, I'm an A minus. Uh, when he was on the pitch, he was absolutely fantastic. I think he probably played his best games in a TFC shirt when he was on the pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, But he really hurt the team when he wasn't on the pitch. And once again, for the first, third, fourth straight season, Jonathan Osorio did not play that as many minutes as he could have. I don't think he eclipsed the 2,000 minute mark. I think that's the fourth straight season that that has happened. So when you can't stay healthy, um, that's an issue. That's yeah. You think that affects his contract talks with TFC? I think they'll try and use it as a bargaining chip. Uh, and I think it may affect scouting from Europe, but all of this evaporates if he has an amazing world cup performance. I, th- I do think it, it helps or does it helps TFC's case and hurts Ozo's case a little bit because yeah, we know that this club has been burned in the past by giving out loyalty-based contracts. And one of those, of course, I'm referring to is Josie Altador. And he mm-hmm. turned 30 years old. We gave TFC, gave him a three, four-year contract um, at a price that obviously we look back and say it was way too much. And TFC runs the same risk of doing that with Jonathan Osorio. Now, yeah, albeit yeah. There, are, there are stark contrasts between Osorio and... Altador, but age eventually catches up to everybody. And not Plus only that, the, when you're not able yeah. to stay fit and stay healthy, and if you commit so much, so many dollars towards a player, then yeah, it is a risk that you're taking. That being said, I think TFC probably take that risk um, and give Ozori a fair contract offer. And it'll be up to Ozori whether or not he mil. wants to return. Max Tam. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. The one that I think will divide a lot of. The what did you give Oso? Oh, I gave him. I gave Oso an A plus. But you know, he was the best player to me. He's player of the yep. season um, for TFC. Yep. I know Bernadeschi did a lot of things down the stretch. I, I still think over uh, the duration of the season, Jonathan Osorio was our best player. Yeah, Axis keeps asking, when does Okello become the next Mark Anthony K or Jason Russell Rowe? Um, I don't know if he does, and Same. that's sad. I don't know if he does. Um, this is uh, this is a outlier in terms of the physical stature and the soft feet ability, and it's a it's a very difficult equation to put together and come good on. Um, I don't know if he does, uh, and that sucks for me to say. But you know, the future's in his hands, not mine. So you know, best of luck to him. Hopefully, he uh, he finds it out at a lower level or at a different uh, club in MLS. Okay, perfect. Uh, so let's go into the captain, Michael Bradley. I'll start this time. Uh, Mike, you can go ahead and start. Uh, Michael Bradley. Uh, I'm giving him an A. Uh, yeah, I could have given him an A plus, to be honest with you. At his age, uh, his expectations, he had one of his better seasons, I think, in a Toronto FC shirt uh, from the advanced metrics from his ability to stay healthy. The guy didn't miss a training session all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played all but 10 minutes in Major League Soccer, and I thought that when he wasn't being left out to dry, a.k.a. playing alongside a bunch of young kids and inexperienced yep. kids who 
you know, weren't natural midfielders. When he, you know, we got very little glimpse of it, but when he played alongside MLS level midfielders, uh, and he he looked uh, very very good. I thought Michael Bradley was probably the most consistent player on Toronto FC this season, so I'm giving him. I'll give him an A. Okay, mm-hmm. Jeff gave him a B plus. Uh, most consistent player on TFC. I agree, but also consistently exposed in the same consistent ways as he's been exposed as father time affects his pace uh, and affects his, his ability, you know, his recovery speed and stuff like that. Um, You know, I wrote for the three words one more year. I think the argument of, is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a bench guy is just grinding metal at this point, right? Like Michael Bradley is going to play all the minutes he wants to play at this club until he retires from this club or football in general, moves into coaching or has a well-deserved well relaxation. Um, yeah, I mean, I see no reason to, to harp on him. He's Mr. Consistent, good and bad. Uh, you know what you're going to get with Bradders. And and uh, and that doesn't excuse the fact that he can still surprise us. You know, that that beautiful uh, uh, build-up play that resulted in that, in that goal, uh, I believe it was in the Charlotte game, I mean, he looked like he looked like ten years younger, and in, and had played an entirely different position. Um, that's what you get with Michael Bradley. You you get consistent highs, consistent lows, and, and occasionally uh, wonderful, and occasionally absolutely woeful. Um, you know, if he if he thinks he's got the legs, I'm not in any position to tell him otherwise. And and that's that's where I am with Michael Bradley. Yeah, Jeff, I agree. B plus. Um, I think he played this season the most minutes he's ever played as a professional, mm-hmm. um, which sure. is stunning um, at this age. Uh, and I, I agree. Like, I think he was, I think he's a lot of people's, along with Alex Bono, favorite whipping boy um, in yep. terms of criticism. But if you look at his uh, underlying numbers and you just look at the performances, he was actually pretty good this year and and not really deserving of a lot of the harsh uh sort of vitriol he gets my just my thing is still i don't think he necessarily needs to be a 90 minute player every week but clearly he's going to be so yeah yeah i mean that should be sailed yeah yeah yeah. that's i mean unless until you have someone who can actually supplement him like this year you had nobody who could play his role aside from michael brown 100 yeah 100 agreed you know agreed like if we if we grab darlington nagby you know maybe he'll start riding the pine a little bit longer because then we have a proper six destroyer and and bob said that the the plan wasn't to have michael play this many minutes that's just the way it sort of worked out because of the roster and injuries and all Mm -hmm. these types of games TAC were playing in and you have to you have to give credit to the guy too like 35 years old you're second in major league soccer in minutes played and you do so yeah. at a level that i think you know may not be elite but it's definitely steady and a good level in major league soccer so for the fact he 100%. was able to do that and not really look like the season was wearing on him I think that speaks volumes to his ability to take care of himself and just his mentality overall. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, um, we spent a lot of time talking about him, but uh, let's give him a grade. Lorenzo Insigne, JPM. He wants to go first. I said uh, stuck in third, and because it's only three words, I couldn't. You have to understand that I mean third gear. Uh, I gave him a B minus, and I think that might be too high based on the skills of the player. Uh, based on the, I mean, forget it. Let, let, let's take away the expectation, you know, the money spent and just 
on the pitch, stuck in third gear, uh, didn't like body language at certain points. Uh, you know, there, there, I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel the same commitment to the team that we got from, you know, the other side of the pitch, our, our new number 10, which may be an unfair comparison, but so be it. Um, B minus, and I do feel that that might be a bit too high, but I'm reluctant to give, again, expectations. I'm reluctant to give the $14 million man a C for fear that, you know, so I'll find a horse head under my pillow or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to leave it at, at a B minus and, 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 you know, cheers for the future. <laughs> uh, Lorenzo, yeah, for me, he's, it's, it's a B. It's a B for mm-hmm. me. Um, I expected the body language to some capacity. I expected mm. him to eventually grow in and be frustrated. Uh, in his end of season press conference, he told us he didn't watch any games in Major League Soccer until he signed his contract with Toronto FC in January. So I knew that this would be a little bit of an eye opener coming from Napoli, Syria, a team that has been so competitive to to Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. And I also think when he started um and before having you know, the, you know his, his personal issues the goals that he was scoring was unbelievable uh, yep. the quality of goals that he was scoring was and goal top. goal uh yeah goal assistance it, like goal goal plays yeah yeah it, it was top right um and then obviously when you when you go through that i, I can't imagine what that does weighing on you so I, I got to give him a B. I'll give him a passing grade for this year. And I am excited about him getting a full preseason under his belt heading into to 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a B for pretty much all the same reasons that you guys have here. I would, I was tempted to give him an A. Um, and I was using, the, my rationale was that if I extrapolated what he was doing throughout an entire season, again, he would be in an MVP conversation along with Federico Bernadeschi, right? Um, but it is what it is for yep. for that. Um, I, like I, I've said it on this podcast, like I thought he would not struggle, but he'd take some time to adapt here. Again, he's never really lived anywhere outside of Naples before. Right, this this whole move and the 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 all campaigns around him and all of that—that's a lot to take in, and then to come right in and expect or at least have the fans hope that you can pull them into a playoff spot right away—that's that's a lot to take on. Doesn't matter how much you're paying them. Uh, yep. So I think, given that um, a B is a fair result, um, and and then of course we'll see what 2023 looks like for Enzo Insigne. And the last midfielder we'll we'll give a mark to um, is Jaden Nelson. Um, JPN, go ahead. Onward and upward, uh, B+. Plus. Um, he's my favorite of the kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, he, you know, second place is, is quite a ways behind. Um, you look at the improvement from beginning of the season to the end of the season, you look at the chemistry he's adapt he's he's developed with with other senior members of the squad, including the superstar Italians. Uh, you look at the gumption. You look at the the sort of course correction with respect to uh, you know mistakes that 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 were you know uh, 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 replete at the at the outset. Um, and you look at his adaptability in in playing as a midfielder when he's a natural winger. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has played himself into a position on this roster. 
which is a marked difference from, say, the Okellos and the Acharas of the of the of TFC land. Uh, I almost gave him an A, but I can't ignore the first six months where he was a bit of a disaster and a turnover magnet. So I think a B is fair. B plus is probably me uh, recency bias, but I, I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, a minus for me. Uh, I was waiting, waiting for a season like this from Jaden Nelson, where we all see the talent. Uh, mm-hmm. It's there. The potential that he has, the pace that he has, obviously the skill. Um, and he's, I've been watching this kid play for years now, and I'm just waiting for him to have a season like this where you can actually say he made some serious strides. Mm-hmm. And this was this year. He made some serious strides. And yeah. I believe that he will likely be the first of Toronto FC's youngsters to go to a, a good league in Europe. And TFC wow. will probably allow that to, to happen uh, potentially this offseason. Okay, you've convinced me because originally I had C plus, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't mean it as a negative. Um, I actually meant it as a positive because I thought he hadn't grown so much. Because like at the beginning of the year, I probably would have put him at a D. Um, oh yeah! Oh my I, gosh! I, I, I would have put him on a bus. So much that it got, <laughs> yeah, that it got to a C plus. Yeah. But I think you convinced me that mm-hmm. it could be a B. So I'm going to leave it at a B um, for his grade. Um, cool. I would say that, yes, he has made strides, huge strides. I think near the end of the season, you really saw him put it together a lot better. Um, and yeah. I actually think that it will serve him better to actually stay as a midfielder and not as a winger, um, as he continues to grow his game, especially uh, not on this team. There's not a lot of place for wingers on this team presently. No, so, true. Yeah. True, and I and I wonder if that's where they're going with him is to keep him as a midfielder if he stays at all. Of course, Michael, you you mentioned that he could be going to Europe in the offseason. They announced that he that he and Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy are going to Europe to train. Um, so mm-hmm. for part of this offseason, uh, so that might happen. But um, I I thought he made really great strides this year. Um, and again, I had it as a C plus because I had him at like a D um, at the beginning or maybe even a little into the start of the regular season but i think you guys have convinced me to change it to a b awesome that's what we do all, all right, right let's move on perfect uh we'll move on to the forwards uh and uh let's start off with uh mr young money uh io akinola um so mike i'll get you to go first it's it's a d minus for me and the only reason why it's not an f is because he's coming off a serious knee injury uh, but I mean, I, I don't really need to explain exactly nope. why we all, we all watched him on the pitch and there's a reason why Toronto FC are going to go out and improve at striker this year. Yep. Yep. I gave him a D minus as well. And my three words are last chance saloon. Uh, this is it. This is it. Fair or unfair. You know, we can talk about ACL tears. We can talk about the fickle finger of fate. You're a professional footballer who wants to play professionally. This was your mulligan. Uh, You know, if you don't come back strong in 2023, and there's no guarantee that he'll be on the roster in 2023 based on 2022's performance, that's it. Uh, This is a team with ambition. This is a team with spending power. This is not a team that's prepared to wait for you to figure it out any longer. I think we've given the player more than enough chances. This is it. This is the final one. Uh, this decide your destiny is in your hands. Figure it the f out. 
Yeah, I, I said C minus. I, I gave them sort of a little bit of a break because of the return from injury, um, but didn't impress really a ton when he was on the pitch. Uh, and and it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. It was a little bit. But I think Bob Bradley way. also mentioned in his comments, I don't know if it was the season ending press conference or, or maybe a little bit earlier, about him being able to recover and trust his body after coming back from such a serious injury. And, and I wonder that all makes sense. That all yeah. makes sense, Mike. But at the end of the day, you want to play football for Toronto FC. You want to be a striker for Toronto FC. You want to be a striker full, full tilt. You got to score goals or you got to be involved in goal actions. You can't be a liability out there. Um, it's, it, you know, and you've been a liability now for more than you've shown promise. Like it's the scales of justice are tipping and they don't bode well. You know, the bones on the table don't bode well for Iowa Canola's future. Um, you know, it, we have no responsibility to, to be a safety net at this point. We've given our all for this player. We've put, we've put in. It's time now to get return on our investment or move on. It's just that simple, as, as cold and brutal as that is. I mean, especially with forwards. You got you to gotta have that brutality. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think next year will be sort of the proving year. Uh, if he can, if he can do something next year, then you you stay. And if it's not, then you know, um, they, they, I, I could see them moving on. Okay, um, uh, Achara uh, not coming back next year. Um, I, I'll just, I don't have much to say other than F. Irrelevant. Yeah. He was irrelevant this year, uh, for the most part. Um, in, in, in a warm year. body. Yeah, yeah, it's an F for me. It's a D plus for me, uh, just because I don't think he was also given much of an opportunity this year, even when the team didn't have much of a roster at the beginning of the season. Uh, for whatever reason, he wasn't a Bob Bradley type of player, which is, I, I actually thought he was closer to the type of player Bob Bradley was looking for so than, than some of the other so guys who was getting minutes. So for me, it was D plus. I don't think he was given maybe a bit of a 100% a fair shake here with Toronto FC. I mean, season. I think... I, I think he was because from the beginning, you know, elite headband game. I think that's the reason why I gave him a C minus as opposed to a to a D. Elite headband game. But I always saw him as a Nick DeLeon kind of player, you know. Like we played him as forward in his first season with the club. He's a natural winger, you know. He can play in midfield. That, that was advertised on the box. I thought he would get. A lot. I mean, I, he got enough opportunities this year. I thought he would make a real claim for his usability to the squad this season with all the chaos that was going on around. It's an unbelievably missed opportunity uh, from me. And that's why I'm going to stop now because I'm so disappointed because I had such high hopes for, for Achara based on what we saw at the outset. But it's sprinkled to nothing. I don't, I don't know what contributed to it, so I'm remiss to slag on the guy. But something went rotten in the state of Denmark, either in the you know internally or externally, or maybe a combination of both. Because that, the, I mean, no one cratered worse than than Achara this year. I think. That yeah, what we saw that. on the field was was just woeful and 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 unacceptable. So yeah. Yeah, I'll just say this: um, he's going to be to be one of those big what ifs. If he doesn't get injured, if the pandemic doesn't happen, what might yeah. have, what might have been? Yeah. But sure, you know, not it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Football is yeah. littered with tons of players that are like that. Um, yeah, and, give and me, give me this pre-Pando Achara. Absolutely, this guy, 
I'm happy he's gone, and that and it hurts me to say that, it. That was, but, you know, that, yeah, he was never the same after his knee injury. Uh, yeah, he never recovered the pace, like I said off the off the top. But also, like my expectations of Achara would be to be a serviceable role player. Uh, yeah, maybe like you know, like the seventeenth, sixteenth guy on a roster. Not necessarily a guy who comes off the bench every game, but a guy who who's capable of coming off the bench every game. Uh, the Tsubasa um, Endos, the 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 Nick Delions, the Nicholas Hasslers. I mean, we don't have those guys. There was an opportunity for him to walk into that position, like Jaden Nelson did, and he didn't, and and that's on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, another player that we might be saying that of potentially um, in the future, Jordan Perusa. Um, so I'm just saying, go ahead. Uh, Jordan gets a uh, like a C for me, but my expectations are never really high for this season for Jordan. Um, again, a guy who didn't really get too many opportunities with the first team, even when Jimenez and Akinola weren't going, uh, Perusa wasn't called upon, and maybe that speaks mm-hmm. to just his level of where he's at currently right now. Um, but a guy who, like I said, who I really didn't have much expectations of. So for me, he gets a C. Um, and what I'll also add, I think he has one of the best mentalities on the team. Uh, he you say that often, a, yeah. A great, yeah, I think he's a good person, a great locker room guy, and a guy who's 100% bought into this club. So uh, hopefully he's he's one for the future. I think we also have to remember how young some of these players are. So, yeah, for me this year, C, he didn't really show much. Same. Gave him a C, he didn't really show much. Uh, my ready for prime time was my note. Uh, I'm concerned about Peruza. I mean, we know he can play uh, TFC two at least when they are playing USL League One. We know he's capable of some absolute galazos. But from what we've seen at the MLS level, he looks like a newborn deer out there. So what do we do with him? Because we certainly didn't kick him down to TFC two for any extended period of time when they had a decent season in MLS Next Pro. Is he on the bubble? Like, is he not good enough for MLS, but too good for MLS Next Pro? If so, what are we going to do with the guy, right? And He just and, might so be one of those players question. that that needs to grow into his body a little bit, right? I think when he's playing in MLS, he's not as physically imposing as he is in MLS Next Pro. I think that's very fair, 100%. So yeah. when, when you, you know, maybe give him a couple of years and he obviously has the ability to finish, um, I think he has a little bit more flair than people give him credit credit for, a little bit more skill than people give him credit for. Sure thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the clock, in my opinion, is starting to tick with Perusa. And I think sooner rather than later, if he wants to be an impactful piece and have a good career, he needs to find a way to earn minutes, first team minutes on Toronto FC, or else it probably has to be elsewhere. Yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, I said D, and it's mainly down to he just wasn't able to to crack an opportunity to be kind of that backup player. Like he had a bit of an opportunity when Iowa was still on the bench at the beginning of the year or out, sorry, with injury at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year and try to be sort of that guy who can, who can back up him in this and never really took that opportunity with, with both hands. And to me, he's a lone candidate. You know, if you can get him somewhere to play senior minutes at a senior level, again, I know a lot of people have said CPL. Sure. Uh, or if sure. it's at US in the USL Championship, wherever that is, Regardless, you know, yeah. I, I think that could do him a, a world of good. He's uh, done that, though. 
but yeah, he's, he's, done done it, but he's only done it in short period. Like he hasn't done, has he done a full season? Like I know he went to San Antonio a few times, but those were shorter stints. Those weren't full seasons. Sure. He also spent time overseas in Italy before signing mm-hmm. his first team contract with TFC. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's, he, my, he's done the loans in my opinion. He has grown up. It's not necessarily, it's just about playing time. And yeah, maybe that is, you, you, we can have this debate. Is CPL better than MLS next pro? Yeah, that, I mean that's we don't have time. For I don't. That, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, yeah, for sure. And then yeah, let's have that debate in the offseason. It's let's it's say, awkward. Yeah. It's awkward. There there's there's certainly concern, you know, considering the the dearth of options, at, quality options at striker through the stretch that he saw so few minutes. I, I'll Very leave true. It at that. All right, yeah. let's run through these ones quickly. We're running a little bit longer than planned, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. my wife is my wife is going to kill me because she <laughs> wants the office back. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, so we'll go with DeAndre Kerr, uh, Mike. Uh, DeAndre Kerr for me, overall C plus. I think when he was on the pitch, uh, he showed a lot of promise, and I think he is one of those guys that will become very useful MLS players. One of those Nick DeLeon, Subasa Endo types that you're kind of referring to, Jeff. I think mm. DeAndre Kerr is probably really close to that. Um, and it was his first professional season. And the fact that he was able to uh, play a role. And I think at this point, you, for a lot of, he's solid. Like, you know what you're going to get. Like, the floor is is pretty decent with DeAndre Kerr. Now it's just about the ceiling. Like, how, mm. how much higher can he take his game to the next level? And I think this is first pro season. Under his belt, he's a big kid. He's got a big stature. Um, and I like a lot of the starting points with DeAndre. And his first year, uh, I believe, was a success um, in terms of just getting minute, getting his feet wet, getting minutes under his belt in, in MLS. I don't know why I got a, such a hate on for this kid. I gave him a D. Um, is it because of the low socks? I, ju- I just can't stand... Players wearing wearing low sock. What about Cozy, um, man? Cozy's a low sock guy. I and I have just about as much love for Cozy Thompson, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> I I didn't see it, uh, but I trust you guys and I respect your opinions. So I'm going to table mine. I gave him a C, but I I I, I see uh, I see merit in every point you just raised, Mikey. So uh, my verdict is still out on DeAndre Care. I thought I, I just didn't see it. I didn't see the utility. I saw, a, you know, for lack of a better word, a pylon with with no shin cards on, on on the pitch out there. So, yeah, yeah, I, I I'm unjustly I have unjustly got a hate on for this kid, and I don't know why. But, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. It uh, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I gotta see. Uh, I think, yeah, like as Mike said, I think he's got a great floor. Um, I think you saw a player that clearly was a college player coming into the professional game, um, but mm-hmm. there's two things I really like about him. He has a lightning quick first step. If he can get by yeah. you kind of like Jaden Nelson, like he's gone, his taillights. Um, the second is look for a kid to come out of college and get three goals in your first season. Like that's pretty good. Um, that ain't bad. And, yeah. 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 It's also I, not, he's not also coming out of college. Like he came out of college two, yes. three years early, right? He's 19 years old. We also have to remember that. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think there, I think there's a, a lot of opportunity there for DeAndre Kerr uh, to be really good, whether it's sort of a tucked in winger coming off the bench or as a forward eventually, as that's more of his natural position. Okay. Hey, Zeus Jimenez, uh, Mr. Singh. I'm going to give Jesus a C plus uh, because the first half of the year he gets an A plus. 
and the second half of the year he gets a D minus. So mm. somewhere between is is a is a C plus. Um, yeah, you know, obviously when Insigne and Bernadeschi came, for whatever reason, he was not the type of striker that fit in well with both of those players. Uh, I think it became very clear that he was not the type of striker that's going to work alongside both of these players. He doesn't move enough off the ball, doesn't mm-hmm. you know, make the runs that you need, doesn't press the way you need. Um, but I also think he, he still is a good player. So I just not a player for this particular team in this particular system. So considering that he had an amazing start to the year, uh, considering he had a brutal end to the season, I'm going C+. I gave him a D because it was heartbreaking. Uh, I mean, you know, I'd like to think that players are have more adaptability uh, and, you know, adapt their game around who they're playing with. Uh, but just nothing with this guy. Not, like, not even an attempt to to try and play differently. In fact, almost a staunch refusal to. Um, you're not making a team that doesn't want to play with a natural 10 uh, give you Pozuelo-like service once pauses out the door. Um, so, you you know, the fact that he stressed for it, or at least appeared to stress for it, again, I'm not privy... All this comes with a caveat that I'm not privy to the shenanigans, and I think there were some shenanigans. I mean, to not travel with the team on various occasions, that speaks to shenanigans. Uh, but yeah, no, just this... The, the, the promise that we saw at the beginning versus the, the absolute, you know show that we saw at the end is equals d for me uh and i as much as uh, he's a talented striker i don't want to see him back next year because he'll forever lose the argument between are we playing the style that berna and lorenzo want to play or the style that greg vanny wanted to play which you might excel in uh it's just it's just not working so i think the sooner that we uh cut ties with him and as the better off we are okay fair enough i have a c for pretty much the same reasons, uh, probably a B plus A at the beginning of the season. And then basically by June, like 15th fell off the face of the earth in terms yeah. of goal scoring. Um, and, and then really became kind of irrelevant, even in build up play at times, which was supposed to be one of his sort of skills. Um, yeah, yeah. just, just like he, he was, it was basically the equivalent. He like pretty much took his ball and went home, except that it wasn't his ball and he couldn't go home. Like I don't know if playing, it, it was. I think it being a little harsh. Yeah, I think it's a little harsh. I, I just think he found himself in a position where he had a player that he can really relate to and gave him great service, and then the game kind of switched up on him, and he wasn't able to adapt. Um, and I, think, I mean and that's, that's fair, fun. but that's that's that. But I mean these, you know, you I don't think you can fault want... his effort. He's just not that type of player that can run relentlessly. Yeah, and um, that's kind of what he was came... asked for. Yeah, hey man, let's do all the post mortems we want as long as his it's it's as he's walking away from. Uh, <laughs> I will say though, up. I mm. think he's he's one of the most talented strikers to ever play for Toronto FC. I I do believe that. Yeah, if we had had him in 2015, like Bill Manning is alluding to, I think we would be awesome and totally set up. But we it, this is 2022 TFC uh, that wants to play in a four three three. Yeah, I mean the longer the longer we gonna- agonize over this. Uh, I think the it, the more it's to our detriment, right? Like I think all signs point to severing ties. You know, it should it fair just enough. is what it is. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, does anybody not have an A for Federico Bernardeschi? 
Nope. Yeah, I think A's probably fair. I do think A's his stats were a little bit, a little bit inflated because of the penalties. Um, fair, but he's still uh, mentality. Obviously, fans love him. Um, he's you can always appreciate this. Sort of, you can always appreciate when a guy who doesn't speak English tries to speak English. Like hey, I think that, my three words are. I feel like my, for my three words are amazing. Well done, and come on. Those are my three words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, across I mean, the love the guy. Love the guy. I'll, I want to adopt him. Like he can live in my house if he wants to. Like basically, uh, I think his house I, is I, much better than. All yeah, yeah. So okay, then, then can I come live in your house, Federico? <laughs> exactly. uh, uh, you know, he's. You just want to give him a hug, and then go out and, and drink uh, uh, Peronis with him all night long. So like, uh, what's not to love? The guy's amazing, and and uh, one of the best signings we've made in a long time. Uh, you know, just bleeds for the club. What's not like? Honestly, what's not to like? And and if someone tells me something not to like, I'm coming to your house to convince you otherwise. Perfect. Okay, we are in added deep, deep added time. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to give you guys a ch- give you guys the choice. Uh, we had CPL playoffs um, and MLS playoffs with a good sort of attached question about complimenting other Canadian MLS clubs that are in the playoffs. Which one would you rather talk about? Let's talk about the what? compliment clubs. Yeah, go ahead. You want to do um, that? Yeah, because yeah. I think it's you know r- rivalries aside, right? I have a big I, sports hate can't be real hate. When you're an away fan at Stade Saputo for a four hundred one derby or Canadian Classic or, or, or Cold Firm, whatever whatever you want to call it, yeah, absolutely, you throw elbows and you and you know you do the wanker symbol and and you're you're vocal and loud, et cetera, et cetera. But we all support the Canadian men's national team. And there's quite a few players on Montreal, on on uh, Club de Foot Montreal, that are like ink in starters for the Canadian men's national team. So yeah, I I think you know well within reason. Like don't go out and buy anthem jackets for you know your most hated domestic rival. But certainly they're in the playoffs off the back of some really great coaching and some really great roster building, and I think it's fair to celebrate that. Um, within reason, you know, as long as as long as you don't abandon who you are, which is a TFC till you die, right? Yeah, I'm I'm fighting it a little bit. Like as a as a Leafs fan, I will never ever ever root for the Ottawa Senators or the Montreal right, Canadiens. Right. Like the way I grew up, I would never do but that. Canada doesn't. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, that's fair. Soccer's that's a little different though, because you make a, you make a very valid point. Like we're all rooting for the Canadian men's national team, and there are some important players on the Canadian men's national team. So would I have an issue with anybody cheering on Montreal if you're a TFC? No, I wouldn't really have an issue because they're a very likable team, and you know there are guys who we all cheer for, and we're yep. going to be cheering for in a month's time. So in, in that regard, I, I don't. I won't have issue with it. Would I do it personally? Uh, probably not. Um, I, I, yeah, just from a TFC perspective. I mean, yeah, it extends to win. job well done. I'm not going to be doing backflips, but I will. I do appreciate what they've built and 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 the run that they've had. Absolutely. Yeah, what did what did Josie say? Forever in our shadow. We got to keep it that way, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. When push comes to shove, screw those guys. But right now, we we have no push to shove, so he might as well, you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, take a take a more leisurely view. I support the Canadian men's national team players on Montreal when they're winning. The <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. All no, right. No, I think that that's no. That's you can't. Fair. No. Uh, I'll leave it at this. No. 
<laughs> you can't. No way. Not a possible way. I don't care. Burn out in the first yeah. round. Um, and if they go out, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? They're going to go to a camp and they're going to be able to play with the other MLS players that aren't in camp. Oh, like, so cold. Nah, so cold. Nah. I love it. Beef stays it. beef. Okay. Um, and that's that. All right. We'll, we'll wrap it up for today's show. Thank you, everybody, Please, so for listening to another episode yeah. uh Toronto Until mm-hmm. I Die. We'll be back next week. We're unveiling the WTR end of season awards that Jeff alluded to earlier in mm-hmm. the episode. So definitely listen to that. It's like a mix of Some the fun Oscars surprises. And, yeah. Fun yeah. of mixing Oscars and raspberries all in one show. Um, we're going to continue our uh, reviews campaign. I know a lot of you guys have started uh, reviewing and, and liking. So we really appreciate it. If you haven't already, um, do that on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, and, and subscribe wherever you get your pods. Uh, but on behalf of Jeffrey P. Nesker and Michael Singh, I'm Mike That's Newell. Me. Thanks for listening again. See y'all later. Peace. Cheers. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.